right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. It's season three, and let me tell you, we are happy to be here. My name is Josh Kuypers. Hey, I'm Anthony Hookman. And we are your hosts. Uh, you've made it with us through season two, and God bless you. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> you only it. up from here. <laughs> it's only up from here. Uh, I'm personally excited to start maybe the best season of Friday Night Lights. I mean, it's it's debatable for if, sure, but if top two serves. I'm very excited to watch it because it was a prior to this my number one season. So we'll see if it uh, if it sticks. But we're off to a good start. I'll tell you that. Yes, uh, excited to talk about this episode. Yeah, <laughs> I asked my wife uh, what what icebreaker question we should start off with here. Ooh. Didn't like any of your answers. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> so that means, uh, yeah, just in general, man, how you doing? How you settling into the new crib? Yeah. You yeah. liking the new city? Doing good. Loving Sioux Falls, loving our new apartment. Um, I sometimes I work from home, so like I don't get out a ton uh-huh. uh, because also it's still like winter. <laughs> And so, like, sometimes I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I live in Sioux Falls. Like, I'll, like, I'll think I'll be like, oh, maybe this weekend I'll go to Target. And then I'm like, oh, I could do that this afternoon <laughs> like, yeah, right. if I really wanted to, you know. Um, <laughs> right. So it's pretty sweet. No, I've been good. Um, something big. We, we, Angie and I both got vaccinated today. So very hey, exciting. Yo. I know you recently yeah. as well. Yeah. Just a couple days ago, got that first shot. Uh, I'm a Pfizer man myself. How about you? Uh, Moderna all the way. All right. So. Well, I am excited for that. Again, uh, one step closer to maybe recording this in person someday. Yes, but yes, but thankful for the technology that allows us to talk about Friday Night Lights wherever we're at. Yes, but absolutely. yeah. So in three weeks, I'll be getting my shot. Four weeks, you'll be getting your follow up shot. Yep. And then uh, who knows? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm we'll, yeah very excited. And then I went to we went uh, me and a buddy went down to Okaboji, Iowa today, oh. which you know I have a big fondness for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we actually went down to do some record shopping and uh, I found one of my grails, Ooh. something I've been looking for for years. Big pickup, huh? So yeah, very psyched about that. Uh, so it's been a big, it's been a big day. Well, what was it? Um, it is The Kinks. Uh, I got to look up the title again because I love this album, but it's a weird title. Um, so uh, you probably know, oh, frick off. Um <laughs> You probably know the song Lola. That's like their big hit. Yep. Um, yeah. So the album is called Lola versus Power Man and the Money Go Round Part One. Okay. Um, and it's got a couple of songs on it that were featured on the Darjeeling Limited soundtrack, which okay. is my favorite right. Wes Anderson movie. Um, and so I picked yeah. it up on CD in like 2007 and I've been looking for a vinyl copy and I've seen exactly one copy prior to today. Yeah. Um, it was in Minneapolis and it was one of those like, it was in like a case that you couldn't even like, I don't like, and it was way, way overpriced. And it's a, an expensive album on Discogs anyway. And um, I found three copies of it today Holy in cow. Okaboji and picked up one. I, I paid more than I would have normally liked for it. But since it's a, a grail and I know that it goes for a lot on Discogs, I was happy to get it. And also I got a yeah. Spanish pressing of it, which is very unique. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, nice. 
So. Well, congrats on that. Sounds like Thank a successful you. trip. I know yeah. I saw the Snapchat of you at Taco House. Yes, also so. at Taco House, which was also like probably like 40% of the trip was <laughs> an excuse to go to Taco House. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, just that right there makes the trip a success in mm-hmm. my book. It's been many years since I've been there, but yeah, top notch. Well, congrats on that. My mom is here today, so I also had a good night, you know, just got out with the wife, had a few drinks, uh, went out to eat a little bit. So yeah, it was a, it was a good day for me too. So I feel like we're kind of on top of the world here, ready to talk about the start of maybe the best season of Friday Night Lights. Yes. So, um, yeah, right mindset. Anthony, what are you drinking tonight? I've got a, uh, Kirkland rum and diet Coke. Hey, nice. Uh, I have a maybe paramount rum, (laughs) (laughs) extremely off brand, uh, rum with some, uh, light margarita mix. So 10 calories there. And then, uh, I, so I am now joining you on calorie yes. counting, but I am on a ketogenic diet, so no carbs for me. So I ordered a bunch of soda that is uh, sweetened with stevia because I'm also off of artificial sweeteners. Jeez. So it is a it is a rum and stevia sweetened clone of <laughs> Sprite. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, stevia has a weird aftertaste, but I'm pushing through for the sake of the podcast here. Very good. Yeah, I... Um, I can't, I don't think I'll be able to, I might try, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do a full on keto diet. It's just, uh, yeah. I don't think that I have, especially after already having dieted for a few months, uh, just normally <laughs> has been tough enough. Like yes. trying to do full keto is just, I don't think going to happen for me. So I think I'm just going to stick to to calorie counting and and it's, I'm, I'm getting back on track. This, yeah. this week I kind of fell off the, the the wagon when we moved to Sioux Falls because there's just so many food options here. Yeah, absolutely. You got to take advantage of that. No, no shame in that. No, I am about two weeks into my keto diet and I'm down about 13 pounds. So yeah. it goes fast at the beginning. I'm not uh, fooling myself to think it's going to keep coming <laughs> off at that rate, but I'm yeah. enjoying it. I feel a lot better. So Good. Uh, yeah, so that's what we're drinking. That's what we've been up to lately. Without further ado, let's get into season three. This episode is entitled, I Knew You When. It aired the 1st of October, 2008. And I'm curious if uh, Movie Dude 1 has anything to say about this episode. We it do have, he does. Well, yeah, we actually have two um, plot synopses. One is uncredited. I'm guessing it came from either NBC itself or I don't know. It's it's, yeah. it's hard to say. It's yeah. very short. So it is season premiere. Brian Smash Williams, Gaius Charles, has graduated and the start of the new school year has Coach Taylor, Kyle Chandler, uncertain about the strength of his team. Yep. All right. Fair. I feel like that actually is very short, but definitely sums up what we're looking at. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you real quick, Josh and the listeners. I, um, two nights ago when I watched this episode, I actually went to the IMDb page because there was one quote that I didn't end up writing down. And and after it, I was like, I'm going to see if it's in the quotes because I did get a good laugh out of it. I didn't get it. (laughs) Uh So if you didn't write it down, then we just don't have it, but that's okay. Okay. 
Um, and I kind of looked ahead and I saw how the movie dude one's uh, <laughs> synopsis and it is not great. <laughs> okay. So you, okay. You've got some preconceived notions here. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll try we, and listen as impartially as possible for the first time. Sounds good. Here we go. The press grills coach Taylor about the upcoming season while the teachers grill his wife, the new principal about the budget <laughs> and the nets and the necessary cutbacks. While Buddy and the football team have the best of everything. Okay. First sentence. Okay. <laughs> that was one sentence. All right. A new quarterback enters the picture and Matt feels threatened and Riggins is still oh up to God. his old game plan about not feeling anything. <laughs> no punctuation in that sentence. <laughs> okay. Tyra's new guidance counselor lays on some rather bleak news on her. Sorry. Lays some rather bleak news on her causing her to walk out of school only to find some personal resolve within herself to attempt to rectify her situation. No. Okay. Yeah. It's a mess. That's a mess movie. Dude. Not good. (laughs) No. He started off with the grilling thing and completely abandoned it. it, Yeah. Not even for a full sentence. Did he stick with it? (laughs) Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, not great. I don't even feel like we need to dive into it that much. It was no, just kind of all bad. over the place. So yeah. if I had to put a numerical value to it, I'd give it like a strong three week four. Yeah. I think that's right that's in there. Appropriate. Yeah. All right. Let's go with a four for movie dude one. Uh, <laughs> new season. Not great. Honestly, I think like the one sentence <laughs> Uh, synopsis that was maybe from NBC was like good enough. Yeah. yeah. Smash Williams has graduated in the start of the new school year. Has coach Taylor uncertain about the strength of his team? Like, yeah, that's pretty good. New season, same movie dude won. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I didn't really expect him to really like completely change his ways just because we started a new season. So, no. So that's the way it is. All right, so this season starts off. We see the Taylors hustling and bustling about. They're getting ready to go to school for the first day. Coach is getting, quote-unquote, crucified, in his words, uh, for last year and the results of what happened last year. Julie wants to get a job. She's going on and on about that. And Tammy actually has a new job. Yeah, we find out that Tammy is the new principal at Dillon High, um, and she is more involved than ever in Julie's academics. Yeah, she's up close and personal. And, you know, as someone who had a mom who was a teacher, yeah, I know what that's like. It was actually very beneficial for me because I would normally forget like, oh, I have to have this paper signed. Uh, I was supposed <laughs> to have that done a week ago, but I can just go to my mom's room and have her sign it. So uh, there are definite benefits. But yeah, in this case, uh, Tammy is definitely all up in Julie's business with opinions about what her schedule should look like, what teacher she should be taking AP English from. Yep, she doesn't want so her so taking a class with a quote-unquote inferior teacher. Yes. So, um, and it, apparently her schedule completely, uh, like, currently does not allow her to have a job. Uh, I don't know why this one class makes that big of a difference, but... I it I really didn't follow it completely either. I just assumed, like, 
I think what I gathered is that if she takes this a certain AP English class with the inferior teacher, then she can have an independent study at the end of the oh, day, right, yeah. which would allow her to go to a job, you know, like I assume an hour earlier or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. That's kind of what right. I guessed. Yeah, that's didn't completely guess follow the reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Good guesses I could come up with. Uh when you were in high school, did you have like independent stuff. What were the rules on going off campus for you? Like, could you, cause yeah. we were only at what a year apart. Yeah. Um, I think I had an open campus my senior year, but it has been so long, uh, since then that I honestly don't recall, <laughs> but I think there, there was like a, an hour that I was allowed to like leave, uh, campus for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. All I remember about open campus is that I would go get donuts from the bakery and that's about it. So, uh, so yeah, but Julie actually wants to do something productive with it. She wants a job. She wants a car uh, for the job. I don't know. Um, yeah. I think she just wants a car in general and she thinks that getting a job will get her there. Yeah. I guess. Yep. Uh, I didn't completely follow Julie here, but that's okay. Uh, next we see coach is at a press conference looking thing. And yes. we find out a lot about the new football season. Yeah. Smash got injured in the playoffs mm-hmm. and the team kind of imploded. Mm-hmm. And this year's team is not looking good. <laughs> no. So Tim Riggins has taken over Smash's place as tailback. Uh, there's a new quarterback in town. Yes. One JD McCoy, who is a young phenom who moved to town but coach insists in this press conference that he's sticking with matt saracen yeah um which i I think is really interesting uh just because so we find out that matt is a junior right in this season or is he a senior i don't know i didn't i thought thought they mentioned or maybe i i thought i put it in here somewhere but i thought it was interesting because it seemed to me like Coach was like, JD's only a freshman. He's not starting. And I'm like, it seems like Matt Saracen was a freshman when you started him uh, right. and less talented. I mean, granted, the situation was You're right. Um, That's different. different, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like- I'm not sure there. Um, but Coach definitely has a, a QB, uh, I'm going to say problem, but it's actually like as far as coaching goes, it's a good problem. Because you yeah. got two, you got one quarterback who has been tested and has won a state championship, uh, and then you've got a, a yeah a young phenom, and so you got to make a hard choice. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go with the young guy? Or are you going to go with a guy who yeah got you to a championship? So uh, we kind of get a little view uh, overview of the season there. Uh, yeah. th- then we get a little picture and some, some context of what happened uh, yes. with the closed. Uh, or kind of open-ended last season because of the writer's oh, strike. Right. Presumably, we would have gotten the whole picture had we gotten a full season. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're filling in the blanks. Yep. Uh, another blank that's being filled in is Landry and Tyra. What's going on with them? Yes. I don't think I wrote anything down for that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, basically, they're just broken up. <laughs> Either on a break or broken up depends on who you ask uh, between yeah. the two of them. So not much there. Uh, we haven't. We never really had a whole lot of faith in the no. lo- the uh, what's the word? Um, longevity. Long- yeah, longevity. I was gonna say longitude. Which <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, we we haven't ever had too much faith in the longevity of Landry and Tyra, but sure enough, uh, new season, they're they're on a break. It's not yeah. really a thing anymore. We get a scene at a pep rally. Yes. For the upcoming season, uh, and I guess the first game of the season. Buddy comes up. Uh, once again, new new season, same buddy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> He uh, comes up to coach, tells him, uh, hey, don't worry about that. The two game rumor going around. <laughs> and coach doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, what two game rumor? <laughs> Buddy assures him, don't worry about it. I, I got it handled. Uh, coach goes on to get up in front of the pep rally and gives one of the most uh, just typical coach speeches ever where he kind of stands silent in front of the mic and he says, Y'all ready for Friday night? <laughs> Crowd goes wild. Uh, yeah, and then he introduces the 2008 Dylan Panthers. So yes. that, yeah, kind of a typical Dylan pep rally, but people are excited about their Panthers as always. Yes. Lila is living with Buddy now. Yes. Yes, Buddy shows up to, to Lila's door because he made her breakfast. Uh, we find out that Pam, Pammy, Pammy, Pammy <laughs> has moved to Northern California with her hippie boyfriend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Lila has moved in with Buddy. Buddy has made her pegs and eggs, uh, which took me a while to figure out what that would be. But I assume it's just like the sausages, right? Like the little cylindrical sausages and eggs. Those look like pegs, I yeah. guess. Pegs and eggs, which is Lila's favorite. Uh and Lila says something along the lines of, like Buddy's trying to get her to get up and get ready for school. And Lila says, like, I don't know, like I'm not a little girl anymore. <laughs> and here's yeah. Buddy's quote. I know, but I just I'm so happy you're here, honey. And it's the first day of your school and you're a senior and you can go to any college you want to. And I'm proud of you. And you're here with me and not with your mom in Northern California with some vegetarian raisin fix. Which is <laughs> <laughs> about as buddy as it gets, right there. Yeah. Um I was kind of shocked to relearn, I guess, that Lila is still in high school. <laughs> I know, right? Like, it definitely seemed like she was not involved in Dylan High at all last last right. season. Well, and like, also super weird that she was apparently at least two years younger than Jason Street. Oh, yeah, right? Like, yeah, he was a senior. Apparently, yeah. Jason Street was just hanging out with everybody younger than him. <laughs> right. Like, Tim Riggins is his best friend. Tim Riggins is, like, I'm pretty sure, like, a junior this year, maybe You're a right. senior. But, yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. And not, like, not only that, but she was, like, going to church on her own and, yeah. like, living a life completely separate from either one of her parents. Which, you know, I guess can happen when you're in a. Uh, like a household that's, you know, going through a divorce or whatever. Like yeah. maybe the 16, 17 year old just kind of does their own thing at that point. But yeah, yeah, it really seemed to me, it really seemed to me like she was done with high school, but yep. She's still there. Uh, we also learn <laughs> yes, that she is back sleeping with Tim Riggins. Oh yeah. It is back on for sure. Tim, while Buddy is standing at the door talking about pegs and eggs, uh, Tim is in Lila's room, uh, pretty much naked, half naked. Yeah, uh, hiding in the closet. Yep. <laughs> What'd you just do with that drink there? Did you hurt yourself? I like. I think yeah. I didn't fully swallow, and it got kind of caught in that little 
Yikes. It didn't quite go down the wrong tube, but it seemed like it was potentially going to. But luckily, <laughs> right. I worked the old throat muscles. Yeah, you recovered. Good deal. All right. Next, we see Coach. He is working out Smash. Uh, they're working together on some training. And Smash asked Coach, uh, why are you spending so much time on me? You know, I graduated. And, you know, Coach says, you know, I want to get, want to see you get into a good college uh, so I don't have to see your face at the Alamo Freeze anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, it's also Tammy's first day as principal. And yeah. things are, she's got a lot on her plate. The air conditioning in the school is broken. Uh-huh. Um, the budget is basically just non-existent. <laughs> right. Yeah, we get our we get our first encounter with Vice Principal Trucks, uh, which is just a great name for this yeah. dump of a man. <laughs> <laughs> dumps uh, like a truck. D- dumps like a truck. <laughs> he he dumps a bunch of problems on Tammy. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, yeah, just a handful of disasters for for Tammy to yield or we for Tammy to deal with on her yeah. first day. So, yeah, kind of a rude awakening for Tammy Taylor, Principal Tammy Taylor. Yes, yes. Tim and Lila, uh, the way the scene is shot, I was kind of like, oh, they're official. Like, the whole school knows about them now and things aren't weird. But um, they're soon asked about it by Tim's new rally girl girl who comes up and introduces herself and then asks if they are together. (laughs) <laughs> and uh it's kind of an awkward answer but essentially it comes down to no <laughs> <laughs> yeah buddies good buddies strong friends <laughs> was <laughs> strong friends is what he landed on <laughs> yep so it's obvious that things are complicated even though tim and lila are sleeping together it is complicated when it comes to their public status uh, of their relationship uh, we get a we get a look at practice, Dylan Panther practice, and it is clear that it is a quarterback competition between J.D. McCoy, the young freshman, and Matt Saracen. Uh, we learn a little bit about J.D. McCoy's dad, who uh, is the stud of suds. He's a big <laughs> beer distributor. <laughs> yeah, he, he is. Yeah, he's up in the stands with Buddy. Yeah. Uh, watching practice, but he's doing his thing. Yeah. All right. We get our next scene. Uh, vice principal trucks at it again. Uh, never, never a, a bearer of good news. No, always just uh, dumping <laughs> bad news. A real bummer of a guy, <laughs> bummer of a dude for sure. Uh, Tyra is meeting with him. And they're talking about her college career and vice principal trucks doesn't have a lot of good things to say. No, he is being a jerk (laughs) straight up (laughs) big time, like flat out just being a real a-hole. And it's really like upsetting because we've already talked about Tyra's past self-esteem issues as it is. Right. And it's like, of course, like not only does her general environment cause her to think that she, think that she's less than she is, but now she's got this new vice principal whose like job it is <laughs> to 
you know, be supportive, just trying to play like the realistic route and it's right. just not coming off well. Yeah. Yeah. He, like you said, he's purporting to be realistic about her options. So, you know, she wants to apply for the state schools, TMU, Texas, Texas Tech, all these different places. He's like, yeah, uh, that's not going to happen. Um, um, I sorry, I just got to yeah. say this because I don't know how they do things in Texas, <laughs> <laughs> but and Josh, you know this, and this may come as a surprise to some of our listeners. <laughs> I was a very, very bad student in high school, right? Um, and Tyra's got like a two point six GPA, which is way higher than I ever had. <laughs> And yeah. this guy's like, oh, yeah, you can pretty much give up on a state school. Like, I went to a state school <laughs> right? and got in, like, extremely easily. Like, I didn't have to do anything extra. <laughs> like, I just, I mean, I got a good grade on my ACT. Yeah. But, like, that's it. Yeah, right. No, I, yeah, I don't know what it's like in Texas either. But I don't completely understand how this is completely in vice principal truck's mind, how this is completely off the table. But... Yeah, he's saying uh, Dylan Tech might be a good option. Don't look down on Dylan Tech because it could, you know, it's a it's a good education. Tyra's not. Tyra doesn't want to hear that. What'd you find there? Uh, sorry, I'm looking up. I just looked up like the population at Texas Tech to see like if maybe they were like overflowing. Yeah, and I mean they they do have like forty thousand students, which is a lot. So that's Ooh, just that's I mean cool. going off of one. But like, like, well, just going off of like SDSU, which is like 13,000 trying to compare because SDSU will pretty much, if you get a, what is it? 18. Is that like the threshold score on the ACT? Probably, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, like pretty much you get in <laughs> right. uh, to SDSU or USD. Like I got accepted to USD before I even went, got accepted to SDSU. And yeah, I go to luckily. a private or I work at a private school and it's, I mean, it's pretty hard to not qualify to get into. Right. Right. Like you've got to be actively, actively bad to not get in to this private school. So I don't know. Maybe trucks is uh, more in tune with the Texas college situation than we are, but also maybe he's just a jerk. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really like struggling to think. Cause I'm like, if she's a C, like a high C student and like, does he just assume? Cause to me, like, I don't know. And this is just going based off of my own experience Yeah, that like, to me in this region, at least colleges seem to accept based on ACT or SAT scores way more than they do on actual grade point average for high school grades. So Mm -hmm. I think like is trucks just assuming that Tyra is an idiot and that she can't like do well on the SAT or ACT. I'm not sure what they do in Texas. Yeah. Or Or is he like, is he like a, you know, a longtime Dylan resident that knows the Colette family and just like holding that against her? I don't know. Either way, it's a, I don't know. I was very, like I said, as a person who had a very low GPA in high school and got into college with no, like, uh, uh, nothing aside from basically just an ACT score. Yeah. Uh, I was really, (laughs) 
really confused by this scene. I think he's a dump of a man that wants to dump his sadness onto everyone around him. <laughs> so that's that's probably what's going on. Uh, so Tammy's in her office. She's working hard at something. Buddy walks in. Apparently in the like late at night. Yeah, it's definitely evening for sure. I, I I think we're learning that Buddy's timelines never make sense. <laughs> like Buddy in the laundromat with Coach. Like, yeah, I, that doesn't really track. Uh, but Buddy comes by uh, apparently at night to drop a check off, presumably to an empty office. Uh, but Tammy's there uh, and she's working hard at something. Buddy, whoa, burning the midnight oil, are you? <laughs> What are you making some power moves? <laughs> and Tammy uh, assures him, uh, no, I'm just trying to decide if we can afford what chalk or soap or something yeah. <laughs> this year. She's working on the budget and yeah. it's tough. Well, Buddy's got a new uh, pet project for the budget. Uh-huh. He wants a Jumbotron. Yeah, I've got the, I thought the the full quote was worth mentioning. So I've got the Buddy's little Jumbotron monologue here. All right, let's hear it. For, for the second Buddy monologue of the episode so far. Tammy, I'm here to cheer you up. I got two words for you. Jumbotron. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen two people engaged on a Jumbotron <laughs> at a football game? I mean, just think about it. Love and football are the two greatest things in the world. <laughs> you put the two together, put it on a 30-foot Mitsubishi screen, <laughs> and it's pure nirvana. <laughs> the specificity of Mitsubishi screen just yeah. gets me. <laughs> well, and just like that that is something that Buddy would even care about. <laughs> <laughs> like he's a sucker for love, man. Pammy. Oh man. Like that's yeah, that's, that's true. That's uh that's on his mind, on his Buddy heart right now. Is so. somehow some sort of hopeless romantic, I guess. So Buddy uh Buddy hands her a big check. We don't know how much, but Tammy says that's a lot of zeros. Yeah. Uh and we gotta assume Especially based on the model we see later. I don't know if that model was a scale, but that is like a, a Texas Stadium Dallas Cowboys size. Yeah, that is a, is a multi-million dollar project for sure. Yep. Uh, Buddy hands her the check. Tammy's very taken aback by uh, the check. Buddy says that they're going to make a good team. Offers Tammy the handshake, a handshake, and Tammy just gets kind of a goofy look on her face like... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> like shakes his hand uh, and takes the check, but we'll find out more about uh, her plans for that check real yes. soon. Tim and Billy are <laughs> hanging out, meanwhile, uh, at the landing strip. <laughs> yeah, having a real heart to heart at the strip club. Yeah, uh, Tim is telling Billy all about his quote unquote relationship with Lila, and uh, Billy tells him that basically don't get your hopes up because you're just a rebound, a rebound from Jesus. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Billy tells him he's got to, he's got to find the love of a good woman like he has with Mindy. <laughs> yeah, uh, was, was, <laughs> yeah, giving a <laughs> truck driver a lap dance uh, about 15 feet away. 
yeah. So yeah, Tim is a, a rebound from Jesus. Lila went to bed with you and woke up with Jesus or something like that. Went to bed with Jesus, Jesus and woke, and up, woke with up with you. Yeah. yeah that's quite the quote there uh, that yeah. I don't feel the need to get exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, over at the Colette household, it appears that Landry is now the, uh, the man of the house. Yeah. I, um, I didn't write anything down for this. Sorry. Or hold on. They, is that when they're studying with the calculating her GPA? Yeah. She yeah. Okay. So there was actually a scene before that. Oh, okay. So I, sorry. I, oh, yep. I skipped over. Um, I see it there. Okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> yep. Got that clean start. Meanwhile, over at the clinic or hospital, I suppose, yeah, we learn that Smash, his knee has healed. He's got a clean bill of health mm-hmm. from uh, the doctor, but he's not quite as fast as he used to be, like a half a second slower on his 40 or something like that. Right, right. Uh, yeah, which... Uh, you know, the doctor says he might not ever be fully recovered and kind of makes it sound like he probably won't, but he should just be grateful for the progress that he has. But I suppose, you know, when you're shooting for the pros, a half second on your 40 is a pretty big deal. Yeah. I was really wanting, when this scene started, I was really wanting to make a connection to the Booby Miles scene at the doctor on the Friday Night Lights movie where he gets really upset and kind of freaks Mm -hmm. out on the doctor, but it didn't have a lot of parallels. No, pretty much the exact opposite. opposite. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I was a little let down there, but that was my own expectations. So over at the Colette house, we've got Landry and Tyra. They're trying to calculate Tyra's GPA. Uh, Landry calculates that she would need like a 6.2 to get, uh, I don't know what her target GPA is. I don't know if they mentioned it. I think a 3.5. That is like absurdly high. <laughs> I mean, I know you, and here's it's the impossible. thing. Yeah. You were a good student. <laughs> I was not. Right. But like, to me, that's like, I, <laughs> I got a 3.5 my last, last summer semester at SDSU. And that is the highest GPA I've ever had <laughs> by a pretty wide margin in my life uh, at all. Yeah. Later on in the episode, Tyra mentions that like... Maybe not by a wide margin, but like for sure. Like it was a no question highest. Yeah. Tyra mentions later that like the the average GPA for like a UT student is 3.8. Oh, right. And like a, a Texas Tech or whatever, TMU is 3.7. So maybe she's just basing it on that. Like this is the average GPA. I at least got to get close to that. Right. But I mean, that's the average. That means that there are some higher and some lower. So. Yes. But even like, <laughs> that's an insane average. That seems really like, especially for like a state school. I don't know. Maybe South Dakota is just really lacking or <laughs> something, but like, that seems extremely high for a state school. Yeah. Like almost nobody could get in, it seems like, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. But all of this is adding up to make Tyra feel like she's got no shot. In the world. Yes, she is feeling pretty pretty helpless. Yeah. We see Tammy. She's having a faculty meeting with all the teachers. And, you know, she kind of starts off on a positive note. And then real quick, they start going at her hard with all sorts of requests. Like, what's going to happen to the teachers that were laid off? Are they coming back? Are they not? Can I get new textbooks? How about just some paper? Can we get some paper? 
Uh, so the the school is obviously in a rough spot. Yeah, not enough funding, uh, which I think is a real problem. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't want too much of an Anthony gets political uh, <laughs> rant here, but um, yeah, a real, I mean, a real, real problem. And, and I think that, yeah, our educators uh, don't get enough resources or enough. I mean, that, and that includes financial resources uh, for their own, uh, you know, just pay um, yeah, as well yeah. as just other resources that they should be, should be getting. It's frankly pretty insane. Yeah. Like even <clears throat> I feel like uh, Lindsay worked for a pretty good school district, lots of resources, pretty decent pay as far as teacher salary goes. But I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't getting rich, obviously no teacher right. is. But even then, like they had a they had a five hundred dollar allowance, I think, for buying supplies out of their you know you you pay for it out of your mm-hmm. pocket and then they reimburse it. But yep. like that did not go very. You'd be surprised right. at how quick like five hundred dollars out of your own pocket gets I'm eaten sure. up when you're just trying to like put together good curriculum for your students and stuff. Yeah. So so yeah, uh, once again adding up to the fact that this school is very seriously underfunded and yes. Tammy is having to deal with that. Uh, we have a little practice scene. Matt and Tim are both really struggling. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. It's not looking good. I don't know what happened in the off season, but... Yeah, yeah it's not clicking. And Coach tells him, like, you two need to get it together or I will replace you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm sure resonates with Matt because he's already, you know, seen. He's already in the hot threat, seat, yeah. yeah, with JD McCoy. Uh, a, uh, an ice cream truck pulls up <laughs> with its little jingle going on. It yeah. like pulls up right to the field, pulls right to the field, <laughs> like on the track, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> which we we have questions about the Dylan Panther practice security. Yes. Yeah, we do. Who they allow on the field and whatnot. But apparently, ice cream trucks can just come right on. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Coach says, "What in the hell is that?" Max says, "Oh, it's one of those you know frozen yogurt trucks." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So frozen yogurt, and I don't remember how we learned that this was paid for by Mr. McCoy, JD's father. Yeah, Mac. Mac said that. Mac knows about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Mac, uh, Coach says. And this was the quote that I didn't write down. I don't know if you did. I wrote down Good. some quotes. Okay, here, yeah. I'll let you I'll let you take it away then. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I'll back up a little bit. Max says that they got smoothies and coach says smoothies and Max says, "Yeah, smoothies, those frosty tangy things with the non-fat yogurt." <laughs> coach says, "I know what a smoothie thing what a smoothie is. Get it off my field." Uh, and it's clear that Mac really doesn't want to get rid of the smoothie truck. Mac <laughs> wants to make sure that he gets some a smoothie. Yeah, but but Coach insists that he gets rid of it. And so Mac, here's Mac's quote, uh, which leads into some other quotes. But Mac says, get that pink ass truck off the field. <laughs> Just get it out of here. Just move it off the premises. Let's go. And then uh, a player uh, in the huddle says, damn, I wanted a smoothie. God dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which, God dog. I don't know. 
<laughs> where that came from. I've never heard that one before. Funny. Yeah, I had the the subtitles on and everything. God yeah. darn. <laughs> Coach isn't too impressed by everyone's desire for a smoothie. Yeah. He tells him if they win on Friday, they can have as many GD smoothies as they want. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there, isn't there a line in there that Max says where Coach is like, get that off my field? And uh, doesn't Max say something like, off the field just for now or like for good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yes. that. like there's yeah. something that implies that Mac really wants to make yeah. sure that he gets yeah. the Like come back later or? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mac really wants a smoothie. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Frosty tangy things with the non-fat yogurt. <laughs> we see Tyra walking out of school and Tammy intercepts her as she is leaving. Uh, Tyrus, Tammy says, what are you doing? Tyrus says, I'm ditching class. And so they have a little exchange here about uh, what's on Tyrus' mind about college. Yeah, she's completely convinced that she's not going to get into college. So she basically says, screw it. What's even the point? Um, I'm over it. If I'm going to spend, you know, if I'm going to spend my time, I might as well spend my time doing something productive or that's going to actually be productive for me or something along those lines. So. Right. Which I don't know what she was off going to do. That was so productive. <clears throat> we don't know if Tyra having a job anywhere or anything right. like that, but if the men of Dylan are lucky, she's going to the landing strip for a Hey, job, but... now she is not of age, <laughs> sir. Oh, right. <laughs> In the show anyway. Yes. Adrian Policky probably was, but was for anyway, sure. I'll probably cut that out. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they kind of get into it a little bit about uh, Tyra accusing Tammy of filling her head with impossible dreams and stuff. Kind of uh, uh, recalling uh, Ma Colette's yes. speech that she, she gives to her. So Tyra's feeling pretty beaten down about the whole college uh, prospects thing. Yeah. And, and, and Tammy is kind of like, no, like you, you're going to be fine. Like it's, you're going to get into college. Like you're going to like, right. you just need to work hard and you'll get there. And, and, um, and yeah, I, it's, you know, once again, I don't want to get into an Anthony gets political rant because we've already talked about this yes. uh, in season one. So we won't get too deep into it, but no, it is. Yeah. She is. Poverty's a cycle folks. <laughs> Yep, we we see it full on here. Uh, just the the lack of hope, the lack of belief that anything could possibly get better. Um, mm -hmm. So Tammy, Tyra, Tyra does end up leaving, and Tammy looks pretty despondent, pretty like forlorn about what's going yes. on. Pretty bummed. Next, we see Coach. He has cooked some eggs for Julie. It's the most important meal of the day. According to coach, they tell me, yeah, yeah, I don't always eat breakfast. Uh, I almost never eat breakfast, and I had been eating. Here's a little side story <laughs> uh -huh. um, with my diet. So, they I've noticed so when I I am a real big, um, I can go a long time without eating. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. like even before I was dieting, I would very frequently go like just not eat lunch, and it would just like sometimes that would mm -hmm. just happen. Mm -hmm. Like I would have one big meal in a day, you know? Sure. Um, and I noticed when I started dieting and counting calories and tracking my weight that 
I, when I did that, like if I just had like just a big dinner and no other meals for the day Mm -hmm. that I would not lose weight. And I think your body goes into some sort of, yeah, your metabolism like shuts down from inactivity. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you get that activity and you, yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to start eating breakfast Mm -hmm. and, uh, consistently and i was there for a while just to keep my mm-hmm. my stuff moving <laughs> you know mm-hmm. keep it active mm-hmm. um and i might go back to it just because it's so good so my grandma um used to make what so there's the brand called coco wheats but yeah. she would make like she would make like the malto meal version <laughs> yeah. and but uh-huh. it, she always she always called it coco wheats so I started making cocoa wheats because it's like 130 really? calories. And okay. it's so like, it, it reminds me of childhood. Like it reminds sure, me yeah, of my yeah. grandma and it's, it's very, it's a very nostalgic meal for me. Right. And so I started like really consistently making cocoa wheats. Um, and it's so good, but it's also like very carb heavy. So I, uh, once I decided to start cutting down on my carbs, not completely cutting, but cutting yep. down on my carbs, I realized like, oh, I should probably stop eating cocoa wheats for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> cocoa wheats man that's just i was not a fan my mom loved really malto meal yeah cocoa wheats and i just couldn't do it but yep i've got probably, yeah and it's you you buy a box for like five bucks and you get like hella meals of cocoa wheats i'm sure like yeah. it's so worth it <laughs> nice. it comes out to like you know 20 cents a meal or something yeah. it's great probably even less than that so do you eat lunch now or no mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. You're I probably will, better sure off. When, okay. Sorry. You're probably better off metabolism wise to skip breakfast and then eat lunch okay. and supper. And that's what I've been doing uh, very consistently. All right. So coach cooks breakfast for Julie, mainly because there's an air conditioning issue at school that Tammy has to be there for. So Tammy is, uh, waking up to the reality of what this principal job really looks like and it's affecting her family. So coach is cooking breakfast. He makes her eggs. Um, Julie uses the opportunity of having coach uh, alone without Tammy to kind of push for the job car situation. Yeah. All she needs is a parent to sign off on this new schedule sheet and she's good to go. And you know, she's, Everything's going to work out just like mom wanted and I can get my car and get my job and et cetera, et cetera. And coach is skeptical, but uh, willing to do it. She puts up a pretty good. Yes, she does. Argument. She does. She's pretty convincing. If you haven't been in on the full conversation with her and Tammy, you think, okay, all right. Sounds like you're, you know, taking some responsibility for yourself, wanting to, you know, get out there and get working and. Sounds pretty good. We see Riggins at the Alamo Freeze. Trading life advice with Smash Williams, the former rivals, now friends. Yeah. More friendly than we've ever seen them, I think. I think so. Uh, Smash. So uh, Riggins is kind of talking about the Lila situation, and Smash gives him free ice cream to just to shut up about the Lila situation. Which is pretty good, but they talk about their current football situations. Uh, Riggin says that he hears every day how he's not Smash Williams, 
And Smash makes the comment that actually he's just heard from the doctor that he's not really Smash Williams anymore either. So that was a pretty nice little piece of writing there. Yeah. <clears throat> but they're both, yeah, in kind of a situation with their with their football careers. Uh, Riggins not being able to live up to the Smash Williams uh, hype and history and Smash not really being able to live up to who he was. Anymore. Yeah, Smash, you know, the fall after his senior year big football star and now he's still in Dillon, Texas working at the Alamo Freeze which is uh, possibly a defunct Dairy Queen as we I don't want to get into it too deep because <laughs> we'll talk about it in a, in a few moments but yeah. uh, we've like I said we've got a Taco Johnston situation on our, <laughs> our hands for sure with the Alamo Freeze and it, as, as we're going to find out here shortly they're even lazier than we thought we're blowing this thing wide open it's over <laughs> With is it's been decided. Try and find another Friday Night Lights fo- podcast that's uh, uncovering <laughs> the Alamo Freeze <laughs> and Dairy Queen situation. I dare you. Can't do it. So next we see Tim at, I think, is it the next scene where he's at back in he, Dylan High? Yep, he's back okay. in Dylan High. He's getting a palm reading from, uh, Joey. I don't know if it's his, is his, his rally girl. It's not his rally girl. Oh, okay. Uh, but it is apparently a woman who has a reputation in the halls of Dylan High. Women named Jolene to tend to have uh, <laughs> reputations. Jolene, if Dolly Parton is to believe. Jolene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lila is begging of you. Please don't take her, man. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So she is. Uh, I mean, she's pretty much straight up propositioning Tim here. In the halls. Yes. Uh, I've heard lots of stories about you, Tim, but I've never experienced them for myself. <laughs> uh, so Lila walks in on this. Lila is pretty frustrated that basically, you know, when Tim enters the halls of Dylan High, he becomes uh, a jock man whore is basically what Lila yeah. says. Um, and she she confesses to Tim that he scares her. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, he's, his relationships last like 20 seconds and yeah. So she's afraid of, you know, completely going all in on Tim cause she, he's just too unpredictable and yep. Yep. He's got a, a rough track record. I heard he had a, a three way with the, the sisters. I can't remember their name, but those, yeah, the sister weird anyway. Uh, but um. yes. Uh, back at coach's office, Mr. McCoy, JD's dad, mm-hmm. steps in with a bottle of scotch and some Cuban cigars. Tries to apologize for the smoothie situation, smoothie truck situation. Coach yep. isn't buying it. No, he he's pretty skeptical of this whole situation. Um, and... Coach, you know, refuses the gift, says, you know, I can't take that. Right. Um, we don't, we don't learn what kind of bottle of scotch it is. I don't know if you had any insight based on the bottle, what, what it was as a scotch I, guy yourself. I couldn't tell. Listen, I'm a half-assed scotch guy at, at best. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I realized that because one of my really, really good friends here in Sioux Falls is a like whiskey like real hardcore whiskey guy, yeah, scotch and otherwise. And so he probably could have looked at that bottle and told you, but I, um, I just really like Laphroaig. I like that it's smoky <laughs> and it's delicious. So um, there you go. there's, you know, for, I think 
it's like $60 a bottle for a bottle of, of Lefroy, which is about as maximum as I'm willing to spend. There's right. some, there's some really, really expensive stuff out there and just hanging out with him. And he's a really good friend of mine, but uh, learning how expensive <laughs> some of these bottles are, it's, it's absurd, but I'm glad to have a friend uh, like him because um, I've always wanted to drink a whiskey that's older than me. And the older uh, I get, the tougher that gets. Sure. And so um, he has assured me that he has a $40 bottle or 40 year old bottle of whiskey. So um, he's going to give me the hookup on that. And I was like, I will pay you for whatever percentage that I drink, but yeah. I definitely am not going to pay for a 40 year old <laughs> bottle of whiskey because that is going to be obscenely priced. So no doubt. Anyway, yeah, the whiskey world is, is really something uh, as is the cigar world, but right. Um, I just love Lefroig. It's a a great whiskey. Uh, hey. Lefroig doesn't sponsor this show, but I'm giving them a shout out anyway. Lefroig, <laughs> if anybody who represents the brand is a uh, listener, uh, we'll take your money if you wanted to give it to us, but you don't have to. So, I actually have right on. one one fun thing about Lefroig that I will shout out. Addition: uh, um, If you buy a bottle of Lefroig, you can actually. Uh, there's a little token that comes in the in the tube. You can see the oh yeah uh, tube back there um, that you can redeem. I own. I'm a landowner. I don't know if you knew this about me, Josh. I own one square foot in Scotland what? of the Lafroy Distillery. If you buy a bottle and you log in, you can buy and you can go and like visit it. I can go see like exactly the nice. square foot of land that I own. So. Um, very dope thing about Lefroig. Also, it's to me the best scotch that I've ever tasted, and that's just like the basic version. So I can't. I imagine that the even aged ones are extremely good. But I, yeah. yeah. It's. I wonder if Scotland's like other places in, um, what is it, Great Britain? That uh, if you're a landowner, you can become a lord. Are you Ooh. Lord Anthony Hookman? I might be actually. I'm gonna have to look into that. <clears throat> Nice. I'll be fin- the Reverend Lord <laughs> Anthony Hookman. I need to get. I'm I'm working on my my home office. Um, because you know, I don't know if we've ever discussed this. So I don't know if the listeners know, but I'm also an ordained minister. I did get or- ordained online. So <laughs> my plan is, it, yeah, my plan is to hang up, uh, get a couple of like uh, frames, and get my degree and my <laughs> divinity degree. <laughs> hung up right in my home office right next to my terrible towel (laughs) man just such an educated culture yeah co-host something something like that yeah i've got i think i think think it would look really impressive uh way more impressive (laughs) than my life actually is if i had two (laughs) hanging up in my home office while i'm working for nice twenty dollars an hour (laughs) (laughs) right well, if we if we ever do record in person, I would love to be educated in some scotch. I oh, it's yeah. not something I've ever gotten into. So. I'll tell you though, this isn't a, an if; it's a when. And um, there's a um, a bar not far from our apartment that we'll we'll do. We can do some uh, some Lafroy here because I'm always pretty much for, probably for the, as long as I'm employed at least uh, or retired. I will. Probably always have a, a bottle of Lafroig on deck because it's so good. But there's uh, a restaurant in downtown Sioux Falls that does an old fashioned with Lafroig, mm. and it is mm. for my money the best drink in at any bar that I've had in, in South Dakota. Yes. 
Um, I can't say that it's the best drink in South Dakota because I haven't had all of them, but it is the best drink (laughs) that I have had in South Dakota. It is absolutely killer. So, um, yeah, well, I'll I'll definitely um because I need to either come to you or you need to come to me because I've got some action figures for your eldest. <laughs> yes, some pro wrestling action figures. Um, nice. so we'll uh, if I come to you or if you come to me, we'll we'll definitely have a, a dram of Lafroy. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. So we got to assume that JD McCoy's daddy has at least Lafroy or higher quality. Yeah. Right. He wouldn't show up to coach's office with Th- anything that is, less than a sixty dollar bottle of scotch. Listen, this is the the king of suds, <laughs> the, <laughs> the stud, stud of suds, <laughs> stud of suds. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that he's got. Uh, yeah, he's got more money than me, and probably is propositioning coach with a very very. Uh, nice bottle. Although it's weird because he either didn't bring it in a, um, once again, uh, pretty much any scotch worth its, and I, I probably shouldn't be speaking on this because I actually don't know that well, but <laughs> most scotches come in like a tube because so like light doesn't get into it. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. And like mess it up. So I was surprised to see that it was just a bottle, although maybe. I might not know enough uh, to know why some of them come in tubes. So um, yeah. I won't make too much of a jackass out of myself, but it, it, I'm, I'm sure that it was a very nice uh, bottle yeah. of scotch. And, uh, and yeah, a couple of Cuban cigars. Have you ever had a Cuban cigar, Josh? Uh, I have. Yes. I've had one uh, on choir tour in college. I had nice. one Cuban cigar, but uh, other than that, uh, it's Did been, you, so then it's been like 15 years. Were you in a like foreign country or was it a, no, okay. I was, yeah, I was in California Okay, and got my hands on one. Yes. Okay. Um, so I have <laughs> smoked a couple of Cuban cigars. I promise this won't go long. Yeah. Um, the first one, I think you'll agree is hilarious that a person that you and I both know, uh, uh-huh. You can bleep out his name or not; it doesn't matter. Uh, yep. But um, John Smith, <laughs> okay, because he was like really in like good at wrestling or whatever, right? Yeah. So he like went to train at some like facility outside of the United States, like in Mexico, I want to say. Okay. And his roommates were like the Cuban pole vaulting team or something like this. <laughs> okay. And so they sold him like a box of Cubans. For like 20 bucks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he brought them back. And you know, he's like the most, like to me, this is the weird thing about guys like, John Smith. I don't know what the right word is. Like who are like, or like, a, John we're just guys who are like, <laughs> I don't want to equate them with Christianity because that's not right. It's not like, it's not that they're religious or yeah. whatever, but who are just like so innocent, but also like have somehow more of like a taste for danger than I do (laughs) as like, and I mean, I consider myself religious, but like a different brand of religious than they are. Absolutely. Yeah. But they have just like such a taste for danger and such a like appetite for tobacco. Apparently, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 yeah, I I, I was going to say, I I have a feeling you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like he, just like smuggled a box of Cuban cigars back to the United States and sold them to people for 20 bucks a pop. And I bought two of them from him <laughs> and um, smoked them. And then when I was in Mexico, I, <clears throat> I smoked another one. So I've had mm-hmm. three, two of them much better than the third. Um, yeah. But yeah, like uh, very, very fascinating. So I, and frankly, 
Anthony gets political. <laughs> um, I think we need to start normalizing uh, relations with Cuba again. I think we need <laughs> right to on. get over it. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, things have drastically improved over the last few years, yeah. right? Like you can actually go to Cuba now. I've got the right uh, connections. I have a large grudge with the Trump administration as a whole, but honestly, near the top of the list is probably the the messing up of the relations with Cuba. <laughs> like probably irrationally high. I think we we really dropped the ball on that. I would love to go to Cuba. Angie's brother has been to Cuba. Um, yeah. I think you you can technically go now, even without like the right connections. I think you can get a yeah. flight, but like it's there's still weird problems with uh like things like cigars so yeah come on i think we just need to get over it let's go mm-hmm. yeah no i have been down into like tampa florida though and you can't walk like a block without seeing a hand rolled cigar shop mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet i never they actually they have uh, a lot of those in, of that, they have a lot of those in vegas as well oh really a lot of like yeah that you can like uh get a hand rolled cigar which is I mean, it's cool, I guess. To it's more like a downtown Vegas thing than a strip yeah. thing, but okay. Um, yeah, that's a, interesting. A thing. Well, hopefully someday we will drink a glass of good scotch and smoke a good cigar <laughs> and talk about Friday Night Lights together. Yeah, that'll be great. That'd be wonderful. All right, let's get back on track. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, so, but the reason that JD McCoy's daddy. Uh, brings the cigars and the scotch is he makes the case, lays it on very thick for why coach should go with JD over Matt Saracen. Uh, He basically says he makes the case. He uses, I thought this was a pretty good, compelling, tricky argument here. Yeah. Because he basically says, you took Matt Saracen, who is not great, who is average. You (laughs) took him from pretender to contender. Exactly. Uh, you took somebody who's average and made them great. Uh, imagine what you could do with someone like my son, who's already great. Um, already being hailed as the next Jason Street. Yeah, which come on now. Uh, that's a that's a pretty big pretty big statement. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so he kind of makes his case. Coach is pretty standoffish about the whole thing. Doesn't still really can't accept. Still can't it. accept the the gifts. Nope, can't accept it. Uh, JD's dad says, okay, fine. You can pass it on to somebody else, but a gift given is a gift yeah. given, which whatever. <laughs> um, we already get the, we get, we get the clue that JD's dad is a little bit of a sleazeball. Yeah. A real, little, no, no wonder that he's already become friends with Buddy Garrity. <laughs> yes. I was going to say a real Buddy Garrity type, if yeah. you will. Yep. Uh, at the Taylor household, Tammy gets home late. She's exhausted from everything that's going on with being principal. She feels very defeated. Uh, Coach attempts to comfort her, but it's actually just an attempt to try and get some, which is typical Eric. And also understandable. (laughs) Right. She's looking very nice. Yeah, she is. But in the process of all this, Tammy finds out about Julie's kind of manipulation of coach to get her schedule signed in that other different AP English class. And it does not go over well. Yeah, no, she finds out that that coach signed the the sheet, signed off on it. And Julie now has her desired schedule. And Tammy is pissed. 
Uh, as they're kind of arguing, Julie comes down and realizes what's going on and turns out coach is pretty pissed at her as well. So nobody in the Taylor house is happy right now, except for maybe Julie who, well, she was happy for a moment because she had her desired schedule. But as Tammy says, well, good thing I'm the principal and I can, I can change this. Cause Julie's like, well, it's past the deadline sucks to suck Tammy. <laughs> and yeah, Tammy's like, no, actually I'm a principal and this is something I can actually change. Uh, as she's feeling very defeated and impotent about most of the situation she faces. This is one thing she can control and she's going to do so. Yep. Uh, <laughs> next scene. Uh, I, I really don't completely understand what's going on here. <laughs> the, I was very confused. The Colette family. So we have Tyra, Mindy and Ma Colette are at some sort of a, bar uh not dancing not any bar it's seven <laughs> yes. senioritas cantina <laughs> yes we find out that it is seven senioritas cantina but they're there with uh mindy is with billy tyra is with landry and Macolette is dancing with some rando uh and yeah so they're all drinking and dancing uh and tyra kind of has a moment where her future flashes before her eyes yeah, she is concerned. She's just sitting and watching all of this, and she's worried that she's going to become her mother. She's worried that she's going to become her sister. Um, once again, these things are... I don't want to shame Makalette, and I don't want to shame Mindy, but these things are cyclical yeah. um, of underestimating oneself. I'm a victim of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's not a, a shaming. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's you, you, you're only worth what you believe yourself to be worth. And Tyra is seeing her sister <laughs> having a good time yeah. with Billy Riggins. She's seeing her mother dance with some rando and she is just, she is terrified of becoming her own mother and sister. And in the midst of all of this, <laughs> Billy Riggins takes the microphone from the live band, (laughs) gets down on one knee, and right there at Seven Senoritas Cantina, (laughs) proposes to Mindy, even though they've only been together for a couple of weeks. Yep, five weeks to be exact. Five weeks. Yeah. uh, In his own words, he humbles himself here at Seven Senoritas Cantina. <laughs> and he proposes. And of course, Mindy says yes, because what else uh, would Mindy say? And it kind of makes Tyra freak out even more. She's already struggling with seeing her future flash before her eyes. And she it, looks terrified as yeah, this is happening. This only exasperates the whole situation. Uh, so we actually see her uh, presumably leave Seven Sisters cantina seven senioritas seven senioritas uh, my apologies (laughs) seven senioritas uh cantina she goes to the taylor household to talk to tammy and she basically tells tammy like she doesn't want to end up like mindy she doesn't want to end up like her mom and she needs tammy's help to make the whole college thing happen yeah i think she finally admits to herself and admits Mm -hmm. to tammy that okay um you know i made the mistake 
by skipping class the other day and assuming that the vice principal, what is his name? Trucks. trucks. Vice principal trucks. A real dump truck of a man. <laughs> is um is correct and I am trash and I'm basically screwed, etc. So she's concerned. She admits to herself and to Tammy that she is worried and um great about her future. And she actually humbles herself and asks Tammy for for some help. Yeah. So Smash goes to meet Coach for their little practices that they have together. And he tells Coach he's not he's not gonna do this anymore. He's not gonna try and resurrect his football career. Um yeah, in he's, fact he's he's lost it. He's not what he once was, and he is yeah, basically giving up uh the hope of college ball. Yeah, he says I'm never going to be who I was. I got to start living my life as Brian. I'm never going to be the smash again. He's resigned himself to Brian. Yeah. Uh, Brian from the Alamo freeze. (laughs) Brian from the (laughs) Alamo freeze. Uh, Yeah. So kind of, kind of a little sad, sad scene here. Yeah. And coach kind of plays it off, right? Like he doesn't really care. It doesn't react big here. You can tell he's thinking. I feel like you can tell that he's like pondering the situation, but he doesn't react big. Uh, We see Tyra walking into vice principal truck's office and telling him what's what. Uh, She's going to apply for college. She's going to run for student council president, and she doesn't accept the fate that VP Trucks has spoken over her. Uh, She doesn't accept that for herself. Yeah, she more or less walks into the vice principal office and tells him to f- off. <laughs> Pretty much straight up. That's yeah. literally what I wrote down. It's Tyra tells the vice principal to <laughs> f- off. Yeah, without saying those words, she very clearly uh, yeah. tells him to f off. Yep, one hundred percent. Tammy shows up at Coach's office to apologize for her outburst uh, regarding. Yeah. Uh, Julie's signed off sheet and notices that he has a new computer and air conditioning. (laughs) Well, coach first says about the new computer. Oh yeah. Well, this, this allows us to be kind of on the same network so we can all kind of talk to each other at any given time. (laughs) Which weren't their computers on the internet (laughs) previously. it's, It's called Skype guys or even like MSN messenger. At, yeah, this you know, is like 2003 technology here. Yeah. But uh, yes. you guys can all chat with each other. Pretty much there's a lot of options that allow you to do that. <laughs> I don't know if you need to be like if you thought you need to be on like an intranet or whatever, but like <laughs> you definitely don't need this. Um as he's explaining what these new computers do. Uh-huh. Tammy also notices that his office is nicely air conditioned. Yes, a a nice 68 degrees because that's how Coach likes it. That's how Coach likes it, yeah. We've been hearing all episode long about the air conditioning problems at Dillon High. Tammy is pissed off again. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's not impressed by the allocation of these funds that have gone to the new computer and the air conditioning in the football coaches' offices. Uh, we see some football here. Yeah, it's game time. Game time. Uh, 
Uh, Riggins is smashing his way through the other team. They specifically use the word smashes. Uh, at first, I thought, hey, is that on purpose? Uh, are we supposed to think that? And they actually get to that a little later on. Um, but yeah, Riggins is just running people over. Saracen's doing well. Panthers are kicking butt. Yeah, despite what practices have looked like thus far in the episode, the Panthers are looking great. Uh, they're up 38 to 13. Wow. So coach pulls the starting lineup and puts in the backups, which of course includes JD McCoy. Oh yes. JD pulls off a huge play. Yeah. Just a bomb of a touchdown pass. Looks very nice. Just, yeah. Uh, threads the needle and just gets it right in there. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this. Did you notice like the mini, you know, like the jaws shot where it like zooms in on a person, but it like somehow yep. zooms out on the background. That's yeah, like, like they, they, they move back the camera while they zoom in on it. So it yes. looks, it looks very, they, um, yeah, <laughs> they totally did that on Matt Saracen, like a mini version of that. I did I not know. notice that. No, <laughs> I like laughed out loud when I saw it because I watched Jaws like I watched all these classic movies in the past like two years that I had never seen before and so yeah, yeah and I love Jaws <laughs> just that scene yeah that, I never I didn't I didn't even shot. notice that they but no, did it I on do. Matt Saracen I know exactly what shot in Jaws you're talking about but I yeah. no that's hilarious yeah that's they did that on Matt when he's kind of realizing like oh crap uh, everyone's seeing how awesome JD is mm. um, which I don't really understand the fear in that because they're up 38-13. Like you're the quarterback. You you're got the your reason, team yeah, arguably that they got there 38-13. Anyway. Yeah. Um but yeah, so JD's looking real good. The announcer says Jason Street reincarnated yeah. as if Jason is dead and not just <laughs> paralyzed. That is some real ableist <laughs> word. I did not notice that. <laughs> But you know what I did notice during this scene when yeah. J.D. McCoy takes his helmet off is that J.D. McCoy looks like if Billie Eilish was a happy male. <laughs> oh, boy. J.D. McCoy. <laughs> All right. I guess I didn't put that together. Um, I don't know why I did. I think maybe because I don't know if you know this, but... <laughs> Right before this episode aired, it was music's biggest night. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. the Grammys. And yeah, I don't know why it joined, but he looks like he looks like if Billie Eilish was a male and not sad all the time. <laughs> well, this is exactly what Hitler was writing about in his speeches. <laughs> According to John Cooper of Skillet, uh, I just uh, saw that Anthony Fantano posted a photo, uh, a video about that comment that uh, he just titled "the dumbest musician," <laughs> and that I'm saving for Monday at work, so I'm I'm very excited to watch. watch that. Uh, yeah, good. No, um, yeah. So JD McCoy is looking good. It's clear that Matt sees the writing on the wall, mm -hmm. and we get a shot of Granny Saracen. <laughs> In the in the crowd too, and she's like, "Oh, f <laughs> this guy's really good." Uh, so she apparently sees the writing on the wall He's too, concerned. even though she has severe dementia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but yeah, they, we get that shot of a really sad grandma <laughs> up in the stands. Yeah. Um, we do get a, a post game celebration. Yeah. They're, they're balling out. They're going all out at a party here. That I, as far as I could tell was at Garrity motors. I think so. Yeah. Um, and buddy is there, of course, he's showing off a model that he's built apparently of the <laughs> yeah. jumbotron. I'm kind of impressed with his, I, I don't think he built it. I think this has to be a professional thing. Cause yeah. it's like the jumbotron is actually working. It's like a mini right. led screen. I don't think buddy can. <laughs> yeah. He probably, is a cap- he probably is a capable, but, um, but yeah, it's like a scale model. Very intricate. Yeah. yeah Ma- Mayor so. Rodell is loving it. Yes. Yes, uh, she she thinks it's great, and like we said before, if this model is to scale, this jumbotron is it's like huge. it's it's ridiculous. It's like yeah, Texas Stadium Jerry Jones uh, size it's, jumbotron. Um, I don't know if you ever do this, Josh. Something I do sometimes that like when I'm at concerts at a like an arena is sometimes I look like. If I'm not on the floor, if I'm on like one of the the sides of the bowls, uh-huh. is I'll look across the way and I'll be like, all right, there's section, you know, 105 or whatever, uh-huh. and I'll be like, okay, there's 25 people in that row, there's a thousand people in that section, like that whole section is my hometown. Do you ever? Uh, sure. I don't know if you ever do like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Graphic, like that. You go you like 25, mm-hmm. you know, x amount of rows. Um, if you put these three sections together, that's more than my hometown. Yeah. This jumbotron is the size of like <laughs> a thousand people. <laughs> yes, you know, in a section, like in to scale, it is massive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if that's yeah, if it's to scale, Buddy is shooting for the moon here with his <laughs> yeah. jumbotron. I don't know how big that check was. He better call up Brookings, South Dakota, and Dactronics and <laughs> Dactronics. Yep. You better have an inside deal with the yeah. boys in Brookings at Dak. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he stands with the curtain box up in Brookings, <laughs> but he better have a good standing with them because, yeah. Uh, so in the midst of the celebration, Tammy pulls Buddy aside. She says, "Listen, listen, Buddy. All those funds, all those zeros on that check that you handed me." Yeah, I'm going to reallocate those to academics. You're not getting your Jumbotron. We're going to spend it on textbooks. Yep. Well, and it's it's because right before that, Tammy, as she interrupts the Jumbotron presentation, uh-huh. Buddy's like, oh, actually, this is Principal Taylor's idea. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Yeah, that. he, 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 he like kind of puts it on. Well, yeah, and basically says like, oh, this is her idea. Actually, this is, you know, whatever. And yeah, he... Yeah, she gives him the business. She definitely tells him that that uh, those funds are not going to... The Jumbotron isn't happening. I obviously don't disagree with this decision, but at the same time, it still feels a little shady. It does. Like, she was given what we have to assume is over a million dollars. It's got to be. For... A jumbotron. Well, for what was intended to be a jumbotron, it's you got to imagine there's a a, a middle ground or a compromise to be made here. Um, yeah, 
the Tammy could maybe cut the jumbotron in half and still allocate <laughs> some of those funds to to academics. So no, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think I think that Tammy is doing mostly the moral thing, but at the same time is maybe. I mean, what are you going to do with that much money in heck? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think academics are very important, and having being in a relationship with and a former educator and knowing yeah. how much that she made working those educator hours, which are pretty insane mm-hmm. is, uh, is pretty wild. And I think that all educators, uh, in these United States should be paid more, mm-hmm. but I think in these current system that we are under, the fact is that sports makes the money. Right. Um, and that's, you know, if, if that's what's making the money, that's what you probably should invest in. Uh, yeah, I think, I think there's maybe a middle ground to be reached here as opposed to maybe going one extreme way or another. Yeah. I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. 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 Uh, like I've said on this episode already, I work for a private college and I know that like we need money, but donors donate to specific things. Yep. They want to see specific things. They give their money towards certain buildings or certain programs. And there's just not a lot you can do about that because it's their money that they want to contribute to the institution. Um, and so like we just put up a huge, like multi, multi, multi million dollar science center, uh, you know, which is great and is good for the institution, but we're like, <laughs> we really need new dorms. Uh, right. our dorms are falling apart. That's, um, that's how SDSU is too. Is it's like, you look at like, and you go like, it's crazy because we've got like the Dactronics engineering hall. So that was obviously donated by mm-hmm. the nice folks at Dactronics. And that's a, a very nice building. I had a couple of classes in there. And then there's like the the Jerry Lore. I don't know if you know about Jay Lore. <laughs> no. Um, so Jerry Lore is a guy who went to college at SDSU and he now owns like a very, very like for sure like countrywide famous uh winery in Napa Valley. Okay. Um called Jay Lore Wineries. I'm sure uh-huh. that you could find them where you are. Sure. Um and he I think like donated like a building to like the college of engineering. So like mm-hmm. there's like the Jerry lore uh, college of engineering. I think maybe the co- whole college is named after him, you know, like Jerry lore college of engineering, but like yeah. SDSU has dorms that are so out of date to like when, where I was in college, like uh-huh. six years ago, um, like a whole dorm had to evacuate because the air conditioning was out. And like, it was like, on, you know, uncivilized living, <laughs> you know, right. like, right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I like, I remember when my grandpa passed away and my family gave like memorial money to the church and then the church bought a copier with it. And it was like, ah, mm. that, like bummer. That's not like really what we had in mind. Right. Um, so I, I get it. Uh, if a donor gives something towards Jumbotron. So yes, Tammy takes matters into her own hands. Yeah. Um, she does what she has to do. She says that she, you know, checked with the district and it's legal 
for her to do so. So yeah, Tammy, Tammy does, Tammy does what Tammy has to do. Um, yeah. Obviously doesn't sit great with Buddy, but. Buddy's not happy. No. no. Meanwhile, Tim and Lila are talking and Tim tells Lila that, you know, he thanks her for motivating him and says, it's fine if she doesn't want to tell anyone about them and get official. Mm -hmm. Um, as he's walking away, she stops him. Yes, she does. And she kisses him right in front of everyone, including (laughs) her father, her father, buddy Garrity and buddy gives a pretty concerned look. Yeah. He has a look of dawning terror on his face. And uh, after, right after receiving the bad news that his money is, <laughs> yeah. So, buddy, buddy hears that the jumbotron isn't happening. He sees Tim and Lila uh, kissing hard, and then the very next thing we see is Buddy Gary enthusiastically. The only thing that could really turn Buddy Garrity around from those two moments is Panther introducing football. great moments in Panther football history. A uh, little video which, package they put together. Which, of course, begins <laughs> with the class of 78 and Buddy Garrity and yeah. an old photo of Buddy. A real nice yearbook picture of Buddy Garrity in high school. Yeah. And yep. so we we kind of see the class of 78. We see like a, a championship winning class of like 83. Yeah. Like you know, 98. Some, yeah. Some somewhere in there. championships through the years. And then... Of course, we get Jason Street, and yep. the montage ends with uh, some highlights by Smash. Williams. Yeah, yeah, and as the Smash highlights go um, on the screen, we we see Coach, and he gets kind of a look on his face, and you can tell that he's thinking pretty hard. The gears are turning. Yep, um, and so we see him in the very next scene. He goes to pick Smash up from the Alamo freeze. I don't know if you want to comment here. Yeah, so we get a wide shot of the Alamo Freeze as Smash is taking out the trash and Coach is pulling up. And I don't know. How to We're put blowing this it aside. wide open. Yeah, I don't know how to put this aside from you. Know, the Alamo Freeze's sign is out front, but there's another lit letters on the side of the building that end in EN. Yeah, we can't see anything but the EN. What are some... Elmo Freeze doesn't end in EN. No, that's a Z. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. A Dairy Queen? Dairy Queen. Folks, the Elmo Freeze, I don't know what... We're going to get... We will get to the bottom of this. <laughs> I don't know if we have a, a Taco Johnston situation on our hands. I don't know if uh, this is if this even goes deeper than that. Uh, if this is maybe a money laundering situation, a, a drug operation. If it's honestly, um, I'm getting in touch with the people from QAnon, just trying to figure <laughs> out if maybe there is some adrenochrome. Uh, going on maybe uh, Alamo freeze gate I think is is maybe on the horizon some of the people I've talked to I don't want to get too deep into it before it gets broken too wide open but we've never seen the basement of the Alamo freeze exactly exactly so um, 
I don't know what's going on, but we do see the EN. I don't know. I I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much about it. But something something is going on with the Alamo Freeze. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Unless you draw your own conclusion, you do the yep, research exactly. You, you dig into. Frankly, it. you do your own research. So make um, your own. Come to your own conclusions. Yep. Exactly. Uh, I I I won't go too much deeper aside to say that a storm is coming, <laughs> and. By the time that you listen to this podcast, uh, you can thank our great president, Donald J. Trump. (laughs) (sighs) April 6th. (laughs) Let's gather. (laughs) You know what we have to do. (laughs) Yep. All right. The truth is out there. Where we go one. <laughs> we go Alamo free. <laughs> Coach goes to pick up smash at the Alamo freeze. Uh, and he picks him up and he takes him to go play racquetball. They go, they go hit the ball around at the court. Um, gets pretty intense. Coach tells him, uh, that he's going to help him get back into football and back to college. And he won't stop until it happens. You know, this is the whitest sport out there. (laughs) That's what smash says. Uh, and to that, all I got to say is, Racquetball is awesome. I love racquetball. It is so fun, and I wish that I played racquetball more. So I'm fine with it being super white. I am also super white. I love racquetball. Uh, I'm inclined to agree. It's been a long time since I've played racquetball. However, I'm pretty sure there is still a racquetball racket in my trunk uh, (laughs) of my car from probably like 12 or 13 years ago. Oh, dang. Uh, That probably... Well, no, probably about it. Definitely has not been used enough, but it did kind of give me like some nice, uh, plat actually for all its faults does have a pretty nice little racquetball court in the, yeah. in the plat wellness center. So it kind of gave me, as we were watching the episode, Angie made a comment about how she was like, this whole scene gives me a really bad claustrophobia. And I was like, Oh, actually it gives me a little bit of, uh, yeah. Nostalgia is the right word, but well, there was a time I don't know if you were in on this in high school, but there was a time where we were enough into racquetball that we were going to make a racquetball mockumentary in the style of like a mighty wind. Uh, that was sounds vaguely familiar, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Erickson brothers, uh, were gonna and I were gonna write that and we were gonna film it, but yeah, never happened. But we got pretty deep into the <laughs> yeah, the planning and the writing of it, so. I, I love me a good game of racquetball. That would probably good, be a good way to uh, shed some extra pounds here For sure, as yeah. I'm dieting would be to get back into racquetball. Yeah, that uh, I should. I don't know where I would even get into it here in Brookings. but All I got to do is uh, walk out my office building across the street to the student center. And there are uh, 35 to 55-year-old men playing racquetball at the 
at the student center every day over my nice. noon hour. So nice. you I'm can sure jump I can in on that. No there. problem. Yeah. Yep. Somebody's <clears throat> looking for a easy challenge. So <laughs> yep. Not that's not a slight to you. Just you know, haven't played in a number of years. I, I would be uh, an easier challenge. I'm sure. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd take me a while to get back into it, but I feel like I got the skills to hang. But yeah. that's the end of the episode. Coach is kind of resolving to get smashed into it. Smash seems to be convinced. Yeah, he tells him, you know, I want to make sure that you're you you are worthy of playing college ball. You're one of the best athletes I've ever seen, and. I I just want to make sure of that if you're willing to put in the work. Yep. So. Yep. So we end the uh, in the episode on a little bit of a positive note, a little bit intense note, but a positive note. Uh, we <laughs> actually end on like a a real hard hit by smash on the racquetball court, and then it yeah. uh, cuts to to black. So that's the end of that. That brings us to the end of our plot synopsis. We'll be right back and give out our awards for the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back for our awards for the week. We're going to get right into it. We're going to start off with our coach, Taylor Inspo rating, as we always do. We ended on a little bit of an inspirational note with coach here, but he was also duped by his own teenage daughter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, how are you How are you feeling about coaches uh, inspirating this week? I think this was a really strong episode for coach. I yeah. think that... Um, Considering the hand that he's dealt from the jump, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we've got Slam and Sammy talking trash about him. I mean, in the opening seconds of the episode yeah. to, uh, you know, his own family issues to, uh, you know, y'all ready for Friday night to, <laughs> to, to the end with Smash. I think this is a really, really strong episode for Coach. I have to give him like a, a strong eight. Eight. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So that's not too far off from what I was thinking. I was thinking it was more of an average episode with a few strong points mixed throughout. So I was thinking like a strong six to a week seven. Um, So uh, it's the beginning of a great season. I'm feeling pretty generous. I feel like we can go with with just an eight on this one. And I'll be happy with it. Um, All right. Uh, it's a, it's stretching a little further than I thought, but that's that's fine with me. So, mm-hmm. Coach, you get an eight this week. Put that in my notes. All right, our Julie Taylor Hatometer. Uh, Julie's got a little bit of subterfuge going on in this yeah. episode. Uh, how do we view that? She's getting pretty manipulative, um, as we're going to see. I think, as, especially as these last three seasons go on. Um, yeah. I'm I'm still Listen, I I as we've talked about, I haven't watched these seasons, these last three mm-hmm. seasons probably since I I almost feel like a bad uh podcast host because I do love the show, but I also I probably haven't watched these seasons since they aired. So, we're talking about 13 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost 13 years since I've watched these episodes. So I genuinely at this point, um, it's kind of, I think, a blessing and a curse right? Um, that I, as a host of this show, <laughs> um, 
don't actually know where this is going aside from some really uh, vague um, memories. So yep. um, just viewing Julie here doing what she's doing and knowing that I hate her um, and <laughs> that at least to 2011 me, it's justified. Um I can only imagine this is going to get worse. So it's it's for sure like a hard like at least a five. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a five on this one. Yeah, it's pretty manipulative, pretty sketchy. I do feel like it's fairly like typical teenage type stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's not um probably like brooding, um actually like overtly manipulative. As I'm viewing, I think I'm viewing her through a a lens of uh, knowing that it gets so much worse. So I probably went right. harder than I needed to. But well, uh, you know, I think in that case, let's just tone it down to a four. Um, I don't, ne- I would don't greatly disagree with a five, but um, I'm but, good with I'm good with toning it down a little bit for okay. sure because it's gonna get worse. Yeah. Any. <laughs> Any big rig beers going on in this episode? None that I noticed. He's. We mostly see Tim either on the football field or in the halls of Dylan High. I mean, there wasn't anything at the strip club. I feel like there was probably a beer consumed, but I don't remember seeing. I think there's maybe an implied beer, but nothing okay. uh, confirmed. So we won't. All right. All right, we'll keep it at zero. Uh, the Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Aw Shucks Goofus Malufus moment of the week. Um, I don't know that we had Goofus Malufus Nothing explicitly Goofus Malufus. I think maybe just struggling in practice and the the shot that you talked about. The, yes. Um, the, the jaws shot. Move, move in, zoom out. <laughs> yes. Uh, that Yeah, that'll definitely be a, an honorable mention for for it I, it wasn't full goofus malufus but it was matt being pathetic yeah <laughs> so for sure an aw shucks moment yeah uh buddy garrity sleazeball move of the week um I boy mean, we have some options yeah offering I mean, the check to tammy yeah i think the million dollar check to tammy late at night in her office is a definitely contender yeah um Boy, because I, I was, as I was watching this episode, every time I saw Buddy Garrity, I was like, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, schmoozing um, with I mean, the stud of suds. Yeah, so know. suds. I mean, him um, showing off the model Jumbotron uh, to the mayor and others. Um, I The the video that we I think it's kind of implied that he made that started with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots to choose from here. I mean, I think just in general, knowing that the school district is uh struggling financially and then handing over a million dollar check for a jumbotron, yeah. Um is pretty high on that list. So Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah. Um to quote Kanye West, which I'm honestly kind of shocked that we've made it through two full seasons and not <laughs> That I haven't quoted Kanye West yet, yeah. but uh, it's hard to be humble when you're stunting on a jumbotron. <laughs> That's actually Kanye. Yeah. 
from right, nice. maybe my favorite Kanye song ever, Devil in a New Dress. Oh, yeah. That nice. has for sure my favorite Rick Ross verse of all time. <laughs> That's getting awfully specific there. I played in the shower this morning, and it's I every time I listen to that song, it's it's for sure a top five Kanye song, but that Rick Ross feature is just <laughs> like chef's kiss. It is... <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Pure fire. Please do. Well, that brings us to our notable music cues, which I don't think there was much of in this. I didn't Shazam uh, a single one. I didn't notice a few. So I'm going to quick look at the soundtrack. There was like a nice dark explosion, explosion in the sky <laughs> or explosion in the sky esque song towards the I end. I forgot we got, we did get uh fear release. There was a fear release. I, I noticed it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can't remember when it was, but I did notice it. I was like, oh, I I thought somebody was like playing it, but we am trying to think of a scene when that would have been. I don't remember, but yeah, it was definitely in there. Um, performed by Unknown, it says. Uncredited, performed by Unknown. Um, <laughs> a couple of uh, songs by uh, a fellow named James Hand. Uh, both uncredited. One called "Baby, Baby, Don't Tell Me That," and the other one called "Little Bitty Slip." Um, we got "Your Hand in Mine." We got Friday Night Lights theme. Something called "Oh Johnny," written by Brett Boynet or Boyette. Sorry, Brett Boyette. So I I don't remember when, but I do remember hearing "Fear Elise." So I'm going to go with "Fear Elise." All right. I was not expecting that for. No this episode but i'm going with it nice outdated pop culture reference of the week do you have anything i did not have anything me either no all right our maybe cool. like an obsession with jumbotrons <laughs> i don't know like i, I feel, feel like jumbotrons like are still pretty hot that's true yeah all right uh our quote of the week then um, the one that I didn't write down for me was uh, the one of of Mac McGill. Yeah. That's like, uh, get him off the field forever, or <laughs> just get till the end of practice. Get that pink ass truck off the field. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I want a smoothie. God dog. <laughs> God dog. That's a good one. Uh, I liked Buddy. I laughed when Buddy said, "When you." Uh, Walked in on Tammy going over the budget and said, Oh, burning the midnight oil, are you? <laughs> what are you making some power moves? <laughs> that, was that was good too. Good. Yeah. Uh, I thought uh, Billy's, uh, I humble myself here in Seven Senoritas Cantina. <laughs> that was, yeah, I did love the, the Seven Seniors. I paused and rewound for the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Seven Senoritas Cantina line. Um, the one quote on IMDb for this episode is Smash Williams saying, you realize this is the whitest sport in history, right? <laughs> that was, uh, that was the one quote. Yeah. I think the one serious quote that I wrote down that I think was meaningful was Smash. And he said, I'm never going to be who I was. I got to start living my life as Brian. I'm never going to be the Smash again. I felt like that was a pretty deep, profound quote. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What do we think? What are we gonna? What are we gonna award it? Seven say, senoritas. Seven senoritas. I'm gonna go with Billy Riggins and the seven senoritas only because if you would have asked me before the recording of this episode, 
the one that I was like, I should write this down, but I don't have enough space because I know it's gonna, <laughs> it's it's just too much back and forth. Yeah, was the Mac McGill and and um, Coach Taylor. So I'm gonna call that the the runner up because uh-huh. um, I did get I I it it genuinely made me laugh out loud. But the one that I wrote down was the words that I wrote down was seven senioritas cantina. So I have to give it to Billy Riggins. <laughs> yeah. uh, in my opinion, I'll, yeah. I'll let you, I also rewound it on that one to, to take it in again. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good with, I humbled myself here in the seven senioritas cantina. All right. So that's our quote of the episode that leads us to our MVP of the episode. A lot going on in this season kickoff. Um, you know, I think Smash Williams is kind of at a low, but at a turning point, maybe at the end of the episode, Matt Saracen's at a low, uh, Tim Regan's, I don't know, you know, I uh, think as, as far as strength goes, especially in the face of adversity. And I don't think this is a person that who has surprisingly won our MVP thus far because it's been a pretty sporadic um award. Mm-hmm. I think coach Eric Taylor. I I is I a hard candidate. I'm inclined to agree with you there. Um you know he he gets duped by his own daughter, but uh I don't think it was his own fault for that. Uh he's working hard to stick up for Smash. He is standing strong in the face of adversity when the entire town thinks that they're going to suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes off with a handy win. Um, so, you know, I can't think of anyone more worthy of the yeah. MVP for award than Coach Eric Taylor. So, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Coach Eric Taylor, you are Season 3, Episode 1's MVP of the episode. Count it. That leaves us just with our episode rating. Uh, kick off to the season. Um, what do you think? Um, I have got to say, I've got a lot of thoughts on this episode. I'm very, very excited to dig into the rest of the season. Yes, I sir. think this is a real, I think it's a real important episode in the series uh, continuity. I think it's a very important, I don't know, everything about it is just, it's, it's such an important paradigm shift in what the show is. I think that they, I think the writers knew that they were kind of falling into a trap that they set themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that they use this opportunity to the best of their strengths. And I think that they did a hard reset. I think they got, um, got rid of characters that they needed to get rid of. I think that they put characters in the situations that they would be best fit to be put into. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, to me, this is a a hard eight, if not a light nine, um, yep. just because it does so much with a, I mean, as we've talked about before, I think with season two being what it was and with the writer's strike being what it was, I think that there is a an opportunity, if not a, a burden on the writing team. You're right. Um, to consider what could be done. I mean, 
not only that, but the show was effectively canceled at this point. This is this is the first season that aired on DirecTV as mm-hmm. part of a deal with NBC, and they really, I think the writers team really took the reins and said, "Here's what's working. Here's what isn't. Here's what we need to focus on. Forget um, Santiago. <laughs> God bless him, but." Yeah. Um, forget that storyline we're gonna put lila and buddy together we're going to forget carlota and that whole thing we're gonna put matt in this situation we're gonna introduce a new quarterback for him to be worried about Mm -hmm. and i think the writers really really took it in a direction that it needed to go to 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 even last five seasons i think this was a um not to use a football metaphor, but this is a Hail Mary. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, knowing that they have 13 episodes to work with and knowing that they wanted to continue on beyond those 13 episodes, I think this is a strong start and I have to give it a, a strong eight to a light nine. I like it. I also uh, would describe this episode as I was rating this episode in my mind as a fresh start. Um, a reset. So I think you're right on with that. I was thinking eight, but you really convinced me there with the explanation. Um, so I like a nine on this. It, yeah. yeah. Like you said, it, it probably saved the series to, yeah. to have the second season cut short and to get a fresh restart, hard reset, as you said, mm-hmm. um, with this first episode of season. Three. I remember when this, um, this whole deal was happening and I can't remember if it was after this season or before this season. I want to say that it was man. Now actually now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember if it was, I, I wanted to say that it was after season three, but maybe it was even before season three when just like the rumors of the direct TV option was being considered. But I remember there being like a press conference and I remember reading like Brad Leland, buddy Garrity. <laughs> yeah. Like saying like, this direct TV deal better go through. And I remember like <laughs> basically reading it in the voice of buddy Garrity, like, yeah. you know, at a, at a Dylan <laughs> press conference, um, yeah. you know, being that way. And I, I remember being like, I hope it goes through. So I, I, I really do think it was maybe before yeah. uh, season three season even aired three. when they were just even talking about it uh, after the writer's strike broke up. So I don't know what, uh, what happened with the writers after that writer's strike or, if they got new writers or what exactly happened, but this is a, a stronger episode than we saw, I think in the entirety of, of season two, I think, I think we had a, I think we both had, and we can agree with this. I think we both can agree. And um, I think we both had a lot of fun with season two. I think, I think the show wouldn't be the same. I think we would still both love the show if season two didn't exist, but I think we both had a lot of fun with season two. I I think it's so bizarre and, and off the wall that, um, I am glad that season two does exist, um, but it, it's it's such a uh, a redheaded stepchild of the, <laughs> the the whole show, you know. Yep, yeah, we're really back on track here uh, now in season three, uh, and I'm just yeah, I'm remembering my memories of season three and getting to watch that uh, for the first time as it was on TV eating pizza and drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. Uh, So it brings back a lot. So, yeah. Uh, Let's go with a solid nine for this one. I like it. God bless season three. Uh, 
I want to get back to this. We only did this once, but uh, I figure with the start of season three, we can yes. make this a regular. What's our What's our lesson? What's the lesson we take oh. away from this episode? What's the the moral of the episode? I think the moral of the episode between what we've just talked about and uh, Tyra's storyline, I think there's something to be said for second chances. I think there's something to be said for um, giving another chance to something that didn't maybe seem worth giving a second chance to previously. So I think to me, the episode of, or the, excuse me, uh, to me, the lesson of this episode is maybe not everything is as it appears. (laughs) I like it. Uh, I think that's a great lesson. I would also say uh, if you're handing over a million dollar check, make sure that that sucker is earmarked in an airtight way for what you want it to be spent on. Very solid uh, capitalistic uh, take (laughs) on the episode. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anthony, it's been a pleasure getting to uh, yes. get started on season three with you. We didn't mention it on air, I don't think, but you're wearing a fantastic Shania Twain t-shirt tonight. Yes. It really kept me motivated uh, the entire <laughs> time because she is uh, looking very nice as a yes. you know mid-90s Shania Twain does. I, frankly, as a uh, 2021 Shania Twain does. But. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna argue that, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Shout out to our listeners in the West Indies. Yes, uh, thank you, Jamaica, and the other West Indies, and the rest countries. of the West Indies. But, <laughs> but me, yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for per- persevering through season two. Um, we appreciate it. Things are only on the up and up from here. I promise you. Maybe the best. You can make an argument for the best season of television. 2008 Anthony thinks that and I think maybe 2021 Anthony might think that so we'll we'll have to see you'll have to stay tuned (laughs) we shall see join us next week for episode two of season three let's touch God this time boys let's touch God